Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why kids don't understand sarcasm until they're about seven years old, the discovery of a 24,000-year-old worm that's still alive, and the explanation for why the star Beetlejuice was acting weird back in 2020. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Make a sarcastic joke to a small child, and you'll figure out pretty quickly that they just don't get it. And sure, you might expect kids not to understand your meme references or political jokes, but sarcasm? That seems kind of basic. Well, according to some psychological studies, sarcasm actually takes some advanced thinking. So kids don't get sarcasm until around age seven. To understand why, we have to do that thing where you explain what makes jokes funny. You know, rendering them absolutely unfunny in the process. So here's the deal. Imagine you've just finished your entire plate at a restaurant. And when the server asks how the food was, you reply, Ugh, it was terrible. That's a joke, and it relies on the gap between what you've said and what you actually mean. You've said the food was terrible, but you mean the server to understand that it was delicious. Otherwise, you wouldn't have eaten it all. Sarcasm is a challenging type of humor because it plays on conflict between ideas. There's both a positive and a negative meaning to think about. And sarcastic jokes are both critical and funny. Sometimes that's a challenging concept for adults, especially online. But it's especially hard for small children. Kids' brains aren't able to hold two contradictory ideas or emotions until around the age of 7 to 10. So that's when they might start to use sarcasm or genuinely laugh at it. Studies have shown that kids can detect sarcasm at the age of 5 or 6, but the ability to appreciate it comes later. In the in-between, when they know a joke is happening but they can't understand it, one study showed that kids tend to identify with a target of sarcasm. They don't imagine themselves making the joke, and they don't see themselves on the side of the speaker. Instead, they identify with the person who's being teased, so they find the joke to be less funny. Another reason studies have shown kids don't get sarcasm? They can't use relationship information to understand jokes. So they don't know that a mean thing is funny if two very close friends are the ones talking and laughing. They only hear the mean thing and think it's mean. The good news? Social experience can help children understand sarcasm better. So the more you explain sarcasm to a child, the sooner they'll understand it. Wow, really great story, Ashley. Oh my gosh, thank you, Cody. Hey, you're welcome. (laughs) Every human eventually has to deal with the fact that they won't stay young forever. Aging is a defining part of our human experience. But not every animal is so unlucky. Scientists recently discovered a worm that has lived for 24,000 years, and it hasn't aged a day. This worm is a member of a group of species that already have a laundry list of amazing achievements. Their resistance to radiation damage, drying, freezing, a lack of oxygen, you name it. Heck, if they looked like tiny teddy bears, they might even be a household name. But sadly, they do not. Instead, picture a microscopic slug, and you basically get the idea. These humble soil worms are known as deloid rotifers. Scientists have long considered them to be a quote-unquote evolutionary scandal 
because they've existed and evolved for millions of years under our feet, even though they only reproduce asexually. But their real superpower is cryptobiosis. This means hidden life, and it's the term scientists use to describe the ability some animals have to completely stop their metabolisms when the going gets tough. If you're familiar with tardigrades, you're familiar with cryptobiosis. Until recently, it wasn't clear how long these worms could stay that way. When researchers thawed a sample of permafrost in a soil biology lab in Russia, they found little deloid rotifers milling around in the muck. These types of worms are common in soils all over the world, so the fact that they were there wasn't a surprise. But the fact that they had been frozen solid for 24,000 years, yeah, that was a little surprising. These worms froze way back when woolly mammoths still existed, and they didn't thaw out until 2021. And yet, these newly unfrozen organisms pretty much went about their business as if they were barely inconvenienced. These worms were even able to reproduce. Scientists study cryptobiotic creatures like these to better understand how tissues can be preserved long term. Unlocking those secrets might help scientists better understand how to preserve organs for transplants. Now, right now, the idea of cryonically freezing a person and waking them up later is just pure science fiction. But the fact that evolution figured it out a long time ago suggests it might not be impossible after all. Remember last year when the star called Betelgeuse was acting weird? Well. Now we know why. And the short answer is that it burped. We brought you that story way back in January 2020. We've all lived an entire lifetime since then, so let's have a quick refresher. Betelgeuse is one of the brightest objects that can be seen from Earth with the naked eye. You can spot it by looking for Orion the Hunter and then finding his left armpit. That's Betelgeuse. In late 2019, the star mysteriously dimmed to a tenth of its usual brightness, and scientists weren't sure why. One thing they did know was that Betelgeuse would eventually explode in a supernova. Betelgeuse is a red supergiant, which is the final stage in a star's life before it goes supernova, so scientists thought that the dimming might be a signal that its days were numbered. But now we know that it was a false alarm. Last spring, while we were all, you know, distracted by things here on Earth, Betelgeuse brightened back up as quickly as it had dimmed. Supernova? Psych! Astronomers aren't necessarily surprised. They'd floated several theories for the star's sudden fade, including a temperature drop or a cloud of dust. We now know it was a little of both, thanks to some incredibly sharp images taken with the sphere and gravity cameras on the 8.2-meter Very Large Telescope in Chile. Gotta love those telescope names. Researchers say Betelgeuse belched out a cloud of gas sometime before it started fading. That gas hung around the star and would have stayed there if not for a patch of the star's surface cooling off. At that point, the gas condensed into solid dust. Literally, stardust. That dust cloud then blocked the star's light, which led to the dimming. The cloud was big, too. Betelgeuse is 887 times as large as our sun, and scientists think the cloud had to have been from 600 million to a billion kilometers wide. 
That's between 370 and 622 million miles, or nearly the distance from the sun to Saturn. But eventually, Betelgeuse heated back up, which destroyed the dust molecules and brought the star back to full brightness. So that mystery is solved, but the question of when Betelgeuse will explode is still anyone's guess. We just know it'll be within the next 100,000 years. So scientists had better keep their eyes on the skies. Or on the floor. That was sarcasm, Ashley. Oh, (laughs) that was really funny, Cody. Thank you. Anytime. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Starting with the fact that kids don't get sarcasm until around age seven because of the kind of thinking it requires. Understanding sarcasm requires you to hold two contradictory ideas in your head at once. And kids can't do that in the first few years of childhood. But the more you explain it to them, the sooner they'll understand it. And we learned that scientists recently discovered worms that have lived for 24,000 years in Russian permafrost, called deloid rotifers. When the scientists thawed the soil, the little worms sprang back to life as if nothing had happened, and even successfully reproduced. But remember, these are asexual, so it was kind of like introvert reproducing, you know. They didn't, like, get together with other worms. This is not a worm party. Sure. No, I mean, how hard would it be to go on a date after 24,000 years? I mean, Captain America had a hard time making movie references, right? True. I mean, what what apps would you get on? Like, you wouldn't even know. Time hop. (laughs) Might be a good one. I like the idea of Time Hop as a dating app for time travelers. <laughs> I really prefer that. Me too. And we also learned that when Beetlejuice dimmed back in late 2019, early 2020, it was not because it was about to explode. Scientists used high-tech camera equipment to peer at the red supergiant, and they found out that it belched out a cloud of gas that condensed into a huge mass of stardust when the star's surface randomly cooled. So that dust is the reason for the dimming, not an impending supernova. Good news for big fans of Beetlejuice? Do you remember back in January 2020 when everyone was so excited that we were going to see a supernova? Oh, what a wonderful time that was. That was, what, 15 years ago? 18? (laughs) Yeah. But the cool thing is that even if it might take 100,000 years for Betelgeuse to explode in a supernova, the scientists say that, like, there are way more other stars that are probably going to do it sooner. So there's still a chance that we could see a supernova in our lifetime. We don't know when, but it could happen. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. By the way, when I said that January 2020 was 15 to 18 years ago, if you're listening and you're five years old, I want to let you know that was sarcasm. (laughs) I said it because the pandemic made time feel like it was a lot longer than it was. It was, in fact, let's see, August. So let's see. It was it was, in fact, about 20 months ago in real, actual, non-sarcastic time. That was really nice of you, Cody. Thank you. It made it way funnier, too. (laughs) It's good to explain that part to them, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anytime. Today's writers were Kelsey Donk, Cameron Duke, and Steffi Drucker. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Don't join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. Not. (laughs) And until until then, stay curious. 